Hey guys, quick trigger warning on this episode. Uh, at about the 13 minute and 30 second mark, while talking about uh, It Stains the Sands Red, we do talk about the rape scene in that movie. Uh, it's pretty rough. We uh, talk about it for about a minute and a half, so if you want, uh, go ahead and fast forward through that part, and otherwise, enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to Rankin Vile, the podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and on this episode, we are joined by Brittany Fernandez. How's it going? Good, how are you guys? Doing pretty good. good. Uh, this is Ryan, obviously. <laughs> and this is Quincy. And this is, well, I'll just say Bonnaroo Brittany is what I'm known it for, but, but you know. There we go. Oh, oh should I should I go <laughs> no, back and introduce no. you as Bonnaroo Brittany? No, okay. that's okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's important to have a stage name. Yeah. You know, it's like as long as you're known as, as bon, you know, Bonnaroo Brittany. Yeah. Um, the, the, the question we usually uh, ask uh, guests uh, when they come on is, uh, how'd you get into horror? How, uh, what's your what's your background Oh, my horror? gosh. So, um... I have five brothers and sisters, and um, I'm the second youngest, and they kind of just introduced me to, like, everything horror, um, especially my, like, my older brothers. Um, I remember sitting, like, in a room at, like, nine years old, and they're playing um, Resident Evil, and we have, like, all the lights down, and... It was, like, the most terrifying memory that I have, <laughs> just, like, watching them play that game. Um, right. And they, I mean, they're the ones that, like, introduced me to everything, so, and also scared the crap out of me all the time, and, you know, mm-hmm. took me to movies when I was underage, and all that good stuff, so. Right. They're to blame. Yeah, also society. <laughs> yeah. <That's, laughs> also society. Yeah. Which I, I, I love I love what a relatable thing that is that like so many people get into horror because of like either older siblings or like older kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just don't know like I don't know if I would have found a way to like seek it out, you know. And it, I mean, I guess seeing you know trailers on TV or or whatever, but they're the ones mm-hmm. that really like got me into it. So have y'all been watching Release the Hounds on Netflix? No. No. Oh my god. So you know Elevator? Yes. <laughs> it's Elevator but with British uh stand- standards and practices, so it gets even dicier. Oh Jesus. Uh so Hell Release the Hounds is on Netflix. Uh y'all need to watch it. Literally on the show, contestants just about every episode say it's like I'm in a horror movie. <laughs> and it's <laughs> They take three British uh, 20-somethings and dump them in the woods and make them do basically escape room games, but horror-themed. And um, everything is covered in rotten meat and maggots. This sounds The challenges are find a key at the bottom of this bathtub, but it's filled with mealworms and tarantulas. Oh my god. We need to be stopped. We, <laughs> what, uh, what are we doing as Listen. as a, as a society, oh as people? I thought you meant we need to stop this recording and go watch oh. it right now on Netflix. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, also, what are the three of us specifically doing right now? No, probably like the moment where it transcends and and becomes like the best television show ever is these girls have to fill a goblet with what they are told is snake blood and they have to drink the blood out of this fountain and spit the blood into the goblet to like do the indiana jones like release the lever and open the door wow so it's like fear factor jesus like horror yeah oh and once they get the key they have to decide which of the three of them is going to outrun the titular hounds so they literally put them in a dog run and yell release the hounds and unleash german shepherds and they have to outrun german shepherds to get to keep the prize money what so is this like one season is this like a current thing that's happening or is this something that happened and there people don't talk about it there are three seasons oh, yeah. and i think it is still going oh my gosh so i just looked it up on imdb and I had to make sure that no dogs were harmed in the making of this. <laughs> oh, they're very clear. However, what they say is no dogs are harmed. Um, and it's very clearly like the rats and frogs and snakes okay. and bugs are definitely squished gotcha. in this. 
So if that's your thing, you might also like release the <laughs> I just feel like I, I, this, I have to watch it. Yeah. So what they do really good at, what they're really good at is the schadenfreude of the whole thing. Because they make sure that with casting, they're always, you know, Reg is a 20-year-old investment banker. And uh, Jimmy is a club promoter. So they're like, what do you do at your job? Well, I just drink and party and pick up chicks all night. Now uh, here's this guy covered in rotten meat and he got maggots in so his So they, they literally just round up, like, Tales from the Crypt characters who meet their horrible comeuppance at the end of the episode. Yes, and, and the best part of the comeuppance is when they don't make it and they get tackled, they pretend like they're gone. Oh, so, like, when you you literally have to run away from these dogs and jump over a wall, and they put you in, they drive you to and from the set in the VW bus that from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and once you get over the wall, they stick you, they stick the contestant in the bus, and they have to wait, and at the end of the show, sometimes it's one person, and they just drive them home and don't drive their friends home with them. And this person's like, well, at least I got 3,000 pounds. Uh, that's going to be really nice to buy new friends, because mine are oh, no. dead in the Eastern European countryside. <laughs> Jesus. See, this just makes me think of um, the show that I'm most grieved uh, was canceled, which is uh, Sexbox. Oh, I don't know that one either. Oh, my God. Quincy, are you familiar with Sexbox? Is that the one where they fuck in a box? That's the one where they fuck in a box. <laughs> no, they, they that's the hook of that's the hook okay. of the show is like uh, they take on these um, these couples onto the show and there's like a big cube in front of a crowd of people uh, and the idea is it's predicated upon like couples are better at talking about their inner lives and feelings immediately like post sex. So these couples fuck in a box and then immediately come out and talk to the host about their problems because they're still awash in endorphins. Um, also, it's called Sex Box, and <laughs> it's... Holy shit. Oh. I, I, I love Sex Box because it sounds like um, some sci-fi writer who hates people from, like, the 50s would imagine TV looks like in the future. Like, I don't know, they, they probably fuck in a box, and then, yes. Yeah, it looks yes. all... Okay, so I also looked this up on IMDb, and it looks like, you know, it has all those blue lights, and it looks super futuristic. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, the cyber, the cyber Black Mirror. Basically, Black Mirror is fucked because reality <laughs> is weirder than Black Mirror could ever be at this point. Yeah, I mean, the, the Trump presidency feels like a Black Mirror episode that went on way too long, and we are on like month eight. <laughs> yeah, it's going on way too long. <laughs> we jumped the shark already. So, speaking of movies that go on way too long. <laughs> Oh. Do you like that segue? That was a great segue. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about it stains the sands red. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> I loved this movie so in the beginning. Our friends, uh, yeah. our friends at the MPI Media Group uh, hooked us up with a screener. This is uh, streaming on demand. You can get it on Amazon or whatever your platform is. What is it? What are other platforms to get streaming movies? iTunes. I did you say? I, how, do, how do people? Li- how do? How does the other half live? Because <laughs> I'm just in that Amazon, you know, indebted. Yeah, Amazon, Netflix. Um, I still rent from Redbox. <laughs> um, oh, sure. Uh, streaming wise, I yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, anyway. I'm I'm in between using Shutter, which sponsors us. Hi, Shutter. And literally going into Google and typing, watch Poltergeist online now, and then clicking whatever shady-ass putlocker link pops up into my life and gives my computer an exotic and terrible disease. Oh, God. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, had, to re- I've had to like get my computer fixed a million times because um, I don't love myself and don't want good things, <laughs> and this is how I consume my media. So however you rent movies digitally, they probably have It Stains the Sands Red. And without bearing the lead, I'd say it's worth a rent. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So let's let's um, get this out of the way right off the bat. The first maybe two-thirds of this movie are great. Like, when it's about her and, and Smalls the zombie... 
it's fantastic. And then I would say about two thirds of the way through the movie, it loses me. Yeah, I would agree with I that. I agree. So the premise of this movie is this girl and her, this party girl and her boyfriend are speeding out of Las Vegas through the desert highway and their car breaks down and a zombie shows up. And I have to say my favorite part of this is this might be the first zombie movie or at least the one I've seen in a long time where they immediately go, oh shit, that's a zombie, and like start trying <laughs> yeah. to fight it and run away. Yeah, it might- yeah nobody's going, whoa, what is that? Yeah. Like, well, you've, you've ever seen a movie, so you know that's a zombie. Mm-hmm. I love that, actually. I put that in my notes. I was like, they know what they are. <laughs> what does this mean? What's happening on the other side of the world? <laughs> so, because this zombie's really slow, it kills uh, our leads boyfriend and because it's slow she's able to in like six inch heels just walk away from it in the <laughs> desert mm-hmm. yeah and uh feeds it her bloody tampon oh at one God. point which immediately reminded me of that time the band l7 was on stage and their sound kept fucking up and the crowd at like this festival was being really mean to them so uh Donita sparks the the lead singer literally just pulled out her used tampon and yelled, eat my used tampon, fuckers, and throws it into the crowd. Oh my god. Um, Yeah. She's my Also, I'm in love with Danita Sparks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. She's she's incredible. I was wondering if anybody had, like, used that before in a zombie movie. Like, like, women are more, like, you know, in danger because they're, like, on their period or something from zombies or, like, vampires. I don't rem- oh, I don't yeah. recall like anything that I can think of that you know use that but I was excited about it. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, I, I, I'm drawing a blank too, but I thought I, it was I mean, like really clever and it wasn't a ew lady problems am right. I right <laughs> joke. It right. was just like screw you, here's my damn <laughs> See, the only other like horror adjacent context I can think of in which period blood was used as a uh, as a plot device is the song Wolf Moon by Typo Negative. Which is about uh, Peter Seal going down on his girlfriend while she's on her period, and he turns into a werewolf. Huh. Th- that's pretty much it. Yeah. I, that's well, all I got. and then there's um, Night of Something Strange, where the zombie bites the labia off the no, girl, and no. her blood zombifies. Oh my god! <laughs> I hate, I hate that movie so much, Quincy. <laughs> I just. Instantly I forget. Never, never. I will never, Quincy. I will never forgive you for for this. But it's okay because eventually I'll make you watch D. Snyder's Strange Land, and we will have a mutual thing that we have on each other that we've both made each other do. <laughs> I love that. I was also wondering if. So, um, sorry. Um, I was also wondering if like the title of the movie is referring to like her on her period, like she's stating. The sand's red because she's on her period. I was like, "That's By clever." It, I mean, her soaked tampon. <clears throat> yeah, like it's it's a really good title because it's it adds. When I first found out about this movie, actually, when I reached out to the studio to get a screener, I didn't know what it was about. I just knew the title and that it was a horror movie, and that I needed to see it. Mm-hmm. So in that regard, the title's really effective. I agree. Yeah. Really like that title. That's a good one. So how'd you guys feel about the rape scene? Oh, hated it. <laughs> I knew Why? I knew it was coming. I I don't like from the very beginning of the movie I was like, okay, this is gonna be one of those. And I tried to justify it in my mind, but I I couldn't. Nope. There's no, there's no defending it. And especially because it's like, okay. Now, knowing that this movie was written by two dudes, and like, I feel like horror movies do this thing where if you have a protagonist who is like a capital L, capital W, loose woman, generally this shit gets visited upon her as like punishment for doing drugs and having sex and being a bad mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, the rape scene in this, like, it, it's so brutal and disgusting. And then also like the entire point of it is so that uh, Smalls the zombie can save her and be, you know, do a good thing. And it's like, there are so many ways you could have added the dynamic of him having saved her from something 
without that mm-hmm. why the fuck was that where you took it and like gosh i hate to say this but, but this is the territory we tread on so much doing the show like it was one of the more brutal rape scenes i've watched it wasn't like so like night of something strange has cartoonish rape scenes so like it's not as uncomfortable like in that visceral level because mm-hmm. you're like oh this is a bad movie this was like a oh I'm uncomfortable because I'm watching this really horrifying moment and like yeah. it, they show close ups of her face and she's like pleading with him not to do it and it's like does this really need to be in this film and like what is it doing besides making me feel really gross yeah yeah and you knew it, you knew that he was coming like to save her, and I felt like it just lasted way too long. Oh, like, yeah, he takes forever to get there. He could have, like, l- easily just been, like, the rape scene could have not even happened, or, like, just begun to happen, and he could have intervened, like, right before or something. Like, the whole thing did, like, did not need to go down yeah, like that. Yeah, like, they literally tie her up and rip her pants off and put her in the truck bed and like they could have just just, like started to tie her up and he could have saved her and that would have been like yeah also he's he said something that he said like oh we can take what we want now and to me i was just like oh god is this like a political statement um you know in this era or whatever um but you know it could have been just that it was post-apocalyptic so well, because also they need to be cartoon, like cartoony racists who have like yeah. just killed a black family and kept a picture of them, and it's like we look, already know they're these bad. Guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah, these guys are already irredeemable. Like as soon as one of them pulls a knife, it should be like, all right, these are fucking bad dudes. Um, and honestly, that moment, especially like that moment, in contrast with the uh, the the last third of the movie, which. All right, uh, ex- ex- mostly focuses on like uh, she's been a bad mom. She, you know, and she, you know, has to run. Well, okay, we should we should um, provide some context for that first. Um, so the first two thirds of the movie are about the relationship between Smalls and the protagonist, and she's like, when when they start, she's afraid of him because he's you know sort of coming after her, and then she gets it turns into like the Will Smith scene in Independence Day where he's dragging the alien in the desert. And just like shit talking. Okay, zombie. do we want to make sure not to spoil this because it's a brand new movie? Oh yeah, I'm not going to spoil what happens. Um, okay, okay. But the thing is, it, it Quincy, you pointed out we were we were DMing on Twitter, and you were like, it becomes Harry and the Hendersons at one point. Yeah. Go on. Get no out one of wants here. you. Get out of here. <laughs> right. And actually, I teared up during that because he's, you know, she she puts a, a tire around his chest and he's a zombie, so he doesn't exactly have a lot of motor function. And she, like, ties him to a, a thing in the desert and she's about to peace out. And he's clearly very sad that she's leaving and he's, like, crying out and trying to come after her. And she eventually breaks down and, like, makes, you know, reasons with a zombie where she's like, all right, if I take the tire off, do you promise not to do any bullshit? And he doesn't do any bullshit. And it's like that moment where he's crying out and she's leaving. I'm sitting there crying at my desk. Like this movie does that dynamic mm-hmm. really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then dumps it. <laughs> yeah. And then just completely. It reminds me of the Fallout series. And I think I was shit posting about this on Twitter where it's like the Fallout series does this thing where it's like, you really care about this child introduced at the beginning of the game and you're supposed to care about. It. And it's like, dude, I just want to like kill raiders and fuck a <laughs> robot. I just, I want to, I want a robot fist and I want to kill Caesar's Legion. And then, so the movie does this thing of like, mm, but you really care about this other thing. It's, uh, it just loses it. And it's so sad. Now, uh, it does have Drew Marvick as a zombie, and can we just say that guy's beard is A+. plus? Oh, it's so good. Well, you, you would think so. <laughs> you've, got what? The, you've got the mountain man beard. You're, you're an appreciator. You're a beard appreciator. You see a good beard, and you're like, mmm, yes. Drew Marvick's got a good beard, man. He it's does. like really well kept, and oh, like yeah. even as a zombie, like it was still like combed out and really like cared for. <laughs> does okay, okay. Does Drew Marvick's beard 
lower our ranking because it hurts Veril similitude. <laughs> <laughs> because oh it's not, you know, cover, it, it's not like carpeted with viscera and it's not scraggly. Like, it's a very nice beard. Yeah, it's like movies where they're all out in the wilderness and inexplicably all of the women's armpits are still shaved all the time. <laughs> Wasn't he also in Pool Party Massacre? Yes, okay. he was. I was trying to think of where I, I've seen him before. Yep. Yeah, he directed Pool Party oh, Massacre okay, gotcha. and he's super good in that. And um, probably the best part of that movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been in a couple other horror movies too. I think he's. I think this movie was also shot in LA and Las Vegas, and I think all those folks are friends. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. So, where do you want to rank it? Because I think it's automatically better than Pool Party Massacre because it's got Drew Marvick's beard in it, <laughs> but it's got this really touching plot too. <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, I definitely better than Pool Party Massacre because it made me feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean, I love I love Pool Party Massacre, but I'm not watching that to have feelings. I'm watching that to watch a movie called Pool Party Massacre. Um, I all right. I think it's it's, it's better m- than Cuso, right? Uh, <laughs> man, I don't. Maybe I, I really I really really like Cuso, but yeah, it's probably better than Cuso. Um, I also now all right. Let's let's find a comparable movie for like horror movies in the desert. The Devil's okay. Rejects. Ooh, oh, hmm. That's too high. Yeah. 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 Zombie movie right in that area is Return of the Living Dead 3. Oh, it's better than that. So that's 55. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have trouble letting it go above Night of the Demons. I would agree. I don't think it's better than Night of the Demons. I, I think if we were just judging the first two-thirds of the film... It would go way higher, mm-hmm. but that would be sort of like trying to judge a wrestling match where it's like, all right, they put on a clinic for the first two thirds, perfect psychology, the crowd was pumped, mm-hmm. and then there was a, a, a schmuzz, and somebody, <laughs> and then a guy in a chicken costume ran out, <laughs> and uh, sort of did the chicken dance uncomfortably staring at the crowd for 10 minutes, and then there was a roll-up pin. And it's like, well, I was yeah, the first two thirds were great, but I can't divorce it from that last bit. <laughs> I totally agree. Stop making me want to care about children. I don't. Give me the weird, the, give me the weird zombie relationship. Yeah. Okay. No, but like I care about children, but well, flashbacks sure. are not the way to make you care about a child. Like a random image of a child, like on a swing set, does not make me care about your kid. Well, I care about the kid when they've actually invested in that relationship, and when the movie is in any way about that. Like they, it, it's it's like um. So I hate the movie Gravity. Uh, for a couple of reasons, but also because Sandra Bullock's motivation in that is so stock, where it's like, I went into space because my fill-in-the-bracket like bracket, daughter, comma, father, comma, favorite dog, and bracket, died. And it's like, that's a stock thing for me to care about. Like, that's not what the movie's actually about, and you're asking me to be invested in this thing that you've devoted no real time to. And also, they yeah. just spent so much time, like, from the very beginning of this movie, um just like proving that this person is just like the worst person like in the beginning scenes with her boyfriend i'm just like wow these people are the dirt worst (laughs) like they're they're screaming at each other it doesn't even seem like they like each other i don't know what's going on and the whole time her character arc could have been different than just like it could have just been i'm the dirt worst and now I'm not the dirt worst. It doesn't have to be like the only reason why I'm redeemable is because I care about my kid all of Yeah, like man, this... I don't I don't need her to be redeemable at all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is true. This is true. Okay, so number 55 then will be it stains the sands red. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, the other I mean the other thing I liked about this movie by the way is the 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 doofus boyfriend at the beginning being really shitty at aiming. Oh my gosh. Um because I I feel like a lot of zombie things do this thing where it's like people are just crack shots and I like that he just fucking sucks at shooting and it kind of reminded me of um the original Dawn of the Dead where you've got like um the 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 white guy the the pilot mm-hmm. or like the, the helicopter pilot who's just a bullshit shot and that's a version of like i'm gonna be the take charge cool guy and then just immediately 
taking that away. Like, no, he's not cool. He's not a, like, crime boy at the beginning of this is just a fucking dildo. And he's, (laughs) you know, he's not really useful. And I like that. Yeah. I also like uh, Tweakdale helicopter pilot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He had no business Uh, being in this film, but I liked him. Yeah. So let's talk about The Devil's Candy. Oh, my gosh. Of that movie, like, that's a movie where it's the total opposite to me. Like, where we say, like, you know, they're investing in the same thing the whole time, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, they show that, like, this family actually is close and they can count on each other and stuff. And the whole, like, formula to that movie was just amazing to me. I totally agree. And it's so natural because it's like, okay, you know how let's display the relationship between this father and daughter by letting them listen to metal in the car together. And it's right. like, you clearly know, oh, uh, they're in cahoots and it's two against one. Mm-hmm. Mom is mom tolerates it, but it's like dad and kids thing. Mm-hmm. And that was in like one scene yeah. established mm-hmm. where... Well, the other movie tries the whole movie to like shoehorn. I promise this mom and kid have a relationship. This is like, yeah, they they're close. Yeah, and also I like that they don't make the mom in this movie the heavy, and make it so that like, oh, she's you know this this um, teenage girl is like biffles with her dad Ethan Embry, and she hates her mom because her, like her mom's a dick. Which by the way, also side note, Ethan Embry, <laughs> I love him so much. Oh my goodness. Oh my god, I love Ethan Embry. He's a nice boy. Was it you who tweeted, like, he has kind eyes or nice eyes oh, or he something? Does. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I was trying to figure out where I recognized him from, and it was definitely Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's so where he, I knew him from. He's, he's had a wild career trajectory, you know? He really like, has. And also, I love the, I love this late career Embry renaissance, where he's, like, showing up and stuff again. Because, like, when I was, a, you know, a teenager, he was in, like, Can't Hardly Wait mm-hmm. and Empire Records. And... Man, I oh oh. So let's get it. Like, yeah, yeah. Let's get into the Devil's Candy. Um, it's metal as fuck. Yeah, it is. Oh man. I, honestly. Oh yeah. His young and in the way sticker is upside down, <laughs> <laughs> and it almost ruined the movie. Really? Because like in the rearview mirror, you can see on his back window, he's got a young and in the way sticker, and the W is pointing. Down. so it's young Interesting. and m the in the may young and in the may <laughs> so, so you're saying death to false metal <laughs> yes death to yeah. false metal <laughs> it's like it's like when dolph ziggler came out with like oh. a jacket with patches and stuff oh, on it and goodness. it had mega death on the back but <laughs> oh, death was spelled the right way and it was like no fuck you poser <laughs> meanwhile bray wyatt is the most crust punk guy in oh, the planet <laughs> i saw him in a bar in, in uh downtown nashville that's very strange. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. I would... Man, I don't get starstruck very easily, and I would totally start giggling like a child if I saw Bray Wyatt. I love him so much. I do, too. But for real, my favorite thing about Bray Wyatt is when he pins somebody, he puts those skanky dreadlocks all over All face. over oh, yeah. them. He, lean, he locks that <laughs> knee and leans back and just wafts that <laughs> hair like a kid at a trap show <laughs> that you're stuck in front of. Hair squeegee. Yeah, he oh. just fucking gets in there. Ugh. Uh, but, like, also with, um, I honestly, I feel like you could do a double bill with Poltergeist and The Devil's Candy because they're such similar Ooh. movies to me in that both of them have a scene at the mm-hmm. beginning, which um, is a total save the cat moment for me, which is, like, in Poltergeist you had... The mom and dad, one of whom, by the way, the dad is reading uh, a book about Ronald Reagan because law ladies. And, you know, they've got kids and they're like a healthy, happy family. And the mom and the dad get blazed together and start giggling about bullshit at the beginning of Poltergeist. And this gets you on board with this family. Like, you want them to be okay. Mm -hmm. You want them to get through this. You love them. And in The Devil's Candy, you get that moment with the mom and the dad that they, you know, share, share a spliff together and talk about, like, dude, we just bought a house. And, like, that that's a fantasy of mine, is being able to buy a house and, like, share a joint and go, holy shit, we just bought a house. Um, and, like, so much of this, like, the family dynamics are so solid 
that, yeah, Brittany, like you said, like they just commit to that as a thing to care about and keep you caring about it. Mm-hmm. Also, as a homeowner, owning a house is a waking nightmare. Oh, because <laughs> in the past three months, I have had all of my plumbing go wrong oh, and no. all of my air conditioning go wrong. And now I don't have any money ever again. So, uh, you've accidentally all the money. That's, yeah. I'm currently like, I feel like I need to buy a house like immediately. Like, I'm in this stage Mm. where I'm just like, get me out of this townhouse apartment deal. So, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, and like Christina and I, I think we have the we have the same thing for getting a house that I think a lot of people our age have for having kids, which is like we want to birth a house, like we just want to have a place that's ours mm-hmm. that we don't have to worry about. Especially because in LA, like everything's getting gentrified, and our last place we got like booted out of because they renovated the thing for rich yuppies because our neighborhood was getting slowly gentrified. Yeah. And, you know, the thought of owning a place that's yours. I mean, although, Quincy, I got to tell you, I don't want to wrestle with plumbing. So maybe I should think more about sewage. There is something kind of neat about being in your crawl space and seeing that slugs live under there and, like, you're down there fucking around with pipes. Like, it, it makes you feel... So, like, to get to my plumbing because I was trying to fix it and I actually made it worse. Uh, I had to crawl under the air vent and there's only enough space for like like half of my body so like I birthed <laughs> myself you know, between the, the, the mud and the, the unit and then like once I was back there there's like uh, antique Pepsi can, oh like gosh. someone was down there working in the '80s and drank a Pepsi and said, "I'll get this later," and just left it down there. That is kind of cool. <laughs> that is, yeah, that's pretty bad. So, do home invasion movies freak your freak as much as they do mine? Oh, they certainly do. Oh yeah, terrifying, absolutely yep. terrifying. Yep. You know what's scarier than home invasion? What's that? Satan? The goddamn devil. <laughs> yeah, I was say. This movie is the fucking devil tells someone to invade your home. And it's funny because like you don't hate that guy. And I can't no, think of right. like if they ever say his name or like what they refer to him as. But you Uh Ray. His name's Ray. Ray. You don't hate Ray and you know, you're a little scared of him, but you don't really want him to like die or like anything bad to happen to him. You just kind of want him to be okay and the family to be okay separately right i mean he's just he's all he's all hopped up on satan like he doesn't (laughs) he tells he says several times that like he doesn't want to do this thing Mm -hmm. like and and he's taking like every precaution to try to make sure this doesn't happen again Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's a really good point like you don't you don't hate him you're just kind of like oh god damn it this guy and i love how with very minor tweaks if you just recut the film and cut out the scenes with ethan embry he's just a schizophrenic yeah oh yeah but then you add ethan embry painting this satan portrait Mm -hmm. in the basement and it's like nope if you listen to heavy metal the devil will actually come (laughs) man that 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 grandma was right (laughs) i was gonna say my grandma was right yeah, that aspect feels so delightfully eighties. Like it, it felt kind of like um, the 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 movie Trick or Treat, not Trick or Treat, like the one with uh, Gene Simmons playing a DJ and uh, Skippy from Family Ties gets possessed by the satanic spirit of a dead rock star. Oh my gosh! Like, like if, you do, like you do, yeah. <laughs> and and this movie, like I like that. Um, not only, but the thing is, it doesn't do the thing of like, yeah, heavy metal is evil, and that's why this family is like punished. The movie has a really fucking baller metal soundtrack. That's incredible. Oh, it's so good. Do you think that the reason why Ethan Embry survives at the end is because his young and in the way sicker is upside down, <laughs> which shows that he's not actually fully committed to Satan? That's. I can't think well, of one any thing other I can reason. tell you. Well, the, the Gibson Flying V is clearly the horror movie El Kabong murder weapon of choice. <laughs> Because, like, you've got this, and you've got uh, Friday Part 8, where he brains a young lady with a flying V guitar. Mm -hmm. And I love that you get Ethan Embry, where it just commits to the metal aspect of it. Like, you know what? Fucking, you're going to get your head caved in by a flying V. And that's what's going to happen. 
This movie, to me, is The Devil and Daniel Johnston as a home invasion movie. Oh, yeah. That scene oh, yeah. where he gets Elaborate. in bed with her is the scariest thing. Oh, my oh. fuck. Yes, that's so good. Oh, Jesus. Um, th- there is, I think, my only beef with the movie, I think they they misapply the Satan with the art gallery. Mm. Um, yeah. Because you've basically got, like, it turns into starry eyes for like two seconds where you've got this like Anton LaVey motherfucker from uh, the art gallery, the name of which is Belial, by the I, way. I totally looked subtle. that up too. Because <laughs> I couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, you've got the guy where he's like, oh, well, you know, for and, and like, I, I mean, I can kind of understand the inclusion of the sat- the satanic art gallery because like it's this idea that like, all right, Ethan Embry, you can make it doing this thing you love. You just have to sacrifice your family to do it. And that he ultimately chooses his family over that. That like his family is the thing that he'll actually live and die for. And like, of course, he loves his art and he cares very much about it. But the movie explicitly, basically says you gotta pick, and he chooses his family. So you think like the art gallery was like a little bit of disconnect there? Yeah, I feel like the art gallery didn't need to be satanic in order for um, okay, you I need see. to pick. Yeah, yeah, saying. because like he's already he's already. Um, got that the old satanic muse for that painting he's making Mm -hmm. and i think the idea would be that like maybe it would just be this art gallery that particularly likes his uh you know i liked your more satanic work um or you've got like fucking weeping dead children and stuff and like it would make sense to me that like okay sure you're drawing on this power to 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 make this art and sure it's better than the art you make when you're not all fucking hopped up on the devil but there's a price and that price is your family and are you willing to pay that and maybe the problem with this movie is the problem is kind of similar to It Stains the Sand Red, where they're just kind of shoehorning all of this character arc. And maybe horror movies don't have to have a full character arc with the protagonist. Yeah, yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. And I don't think like just horror either. I think a lot of movies don't really have to have a character arc all the time. But horror is mm-hmm. definitely one where I kind of personally make the exception. Yeah, because so much of horror is about, like, the effect of trauma on people. Like, it's it's about how people change and what they have to go through to get through this circumstance. The other thing in The Devil's Candy that I thought was interesting was the fact that um, Ethan Embry, as a, as a dad, I like that it never... Uh, it's refreshing to me that in 2017 you can have the dad in a horror movie doing the, but this will be a great new start for our family thing, which... First of all, I would totally be that guy if I found a crazy murder house um, because I'm a fucking dope <laughs> and I really want a house. So if I, if there was a place where I was like, yeah, you know, there was a, a, a little bit of the old cult murder happening here. But listen, it's a great, great location, uh, you know, original hardwood floors. I would probably do that. Um, but I like that you've got Ethan Embry of the kind eyes who, you know, he smokes weed with his wife and he's really into heavy metal and he's an artist. And that's not contextualized as d- degeneracy because i feel like a lot of movies do that Mm -hmm. that he's like a well-adjusted perfectly fine guy with a daughter and a wife that he's crazy about Mm -hmm. and this is who he is and that's not looked upon as like yeah you know you don't see that coming that he's going to be a bad father yeah and like kind of going back to it stinks the sand red like you can tell like they're not saying like oh he's just you know a piece of shit dad or you know a terrible person but he's still like in society's terms like kind of like an outcast if that makes sense yeah absolutely did you notice that he wears a t-shirt that says find what you love and let it kill you Mm -hmm. yeah that was a bukowski quote wasn't it yeah yeah i i just was like all right (laughs) okay it's a little hammy isn't it like oh you yeah, guys, guys, we get the subtext for fuck's sake. <laughs> so, is The Devil's Candy better or worse than Maniac Cop Two? Better, better. It's better. Is it better than The Devil's Rejects? Yes. It's hard to say while I'm sitting here with a Devil's Rejects poster on my wall, but okay, <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, no, like I'm not so sure. So I, mean, I really Ryan, love the Devil's Rejects. Why Reject. do you think it's better? Um, I I think purely if we're comparing, uh, because both of those movies are about family, 
and mm-hmm. in the devil's rejects but you know you've got this horrible dysfunctional murder family that likes to hurt people and by the end of the movie you're kind of pulling for them largely because their nemesis is uh, a cop who's arguably just as bad as they are and it's this kind of anti, you know, anti-establishment thing of like when they're racing toward the cops at the end and fucking Freebird is blasting and they go down in a in a hail of bullets. <laughs> you really feel for them, like you want them to. In spite of everything you have just witnessed, these fucking horrible feral carny people do. You're like, <laughs> I hope they get out of this. I hope they get out of this pickle. Um, and you know, so it's about family, and then so is the Devil's Candy, and I think the Devil's Candy makes a better point about family as a concept. Yeah, and I think that um, the characters are more sympathetic. Like, Ray is (laughs) a more... Like, Ray is, dare I say, almost worse than The Devil's Rejects, but it's a more, like, compelling character because he plays it on this line of, like, Maybe this is a guy who's simply mentally ill. Maybe there really isn't a devil, uh, or maybe it is. Mm-hmm. And like, I think it's really cleverly done that way. So I'd say it is better. I also was anybody else? Oh, please. I also think like it does more with less, which yes. I yeah appreciate. Definitely. Like, how do you mean? Like, it doesn't it doesn't like spell things out for you and there's kind of like um what quincy was saying like you don't know if he's possessed or if he's just you know mentally ill but you don't have to know because it's still terrifying and um i don't know i just think like i I would like to know the budgets of these two movies and i know that like they're (laughs) i know that you know it's different because different times but I feel like they did a lot with very little and the acting and um, just the like the story was simple but still really terrifying and really like still didn't I didn't want to go outside by myself after I watched that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. And and then also, yeah, I mean you're totally right. And 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 with the the Satan aspect I'm generally terrified of Satan stuff because I think when you grow up being sort of told that, hey, your little friends don't believe in God, so you need to witness to them or else they're all going to roast in hell and it's going to be your fault. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've got this like permanent fear of of hell and Satan. And I like any movie that can kind of reach into the back of my brain and turn that microchip back on and make me afraid again. Oh, yeah. That's that's like the thing I live for. Like, I... I like to be scared, which is why we're here, right? Oh, yeah. And The Devil's Rejects doesn't scare me. It entertains me. Mm -hmm. Um, The Devil's Candy was terrifying. Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point. So what's another... What's our ceiling? What is it absolutely not as terrifying or good as? That's a great question. That's hard. I think, in good conscience... I don't know why this is always my, my fucking bottleneck, but I don't think Devil's Candy is better than Candy Man. I was just about to say that. Yeah. Oh, very good. I was looking at the list, and I was, like, going up, and I was like, I, that's where I stop. Yeah. I would argue that it's better than Jennifer's Body. Mm-hmm. Although Jennifer's Body has some very clever moments, I think that this, like... Jennifer's Body is haha clever, mm-hmm. but... Can, uh, Devil's Candy is uh, conceptually clever. Like, oh, that's a really nice way to do that. Um, so I would suggest between Candyman and Jennifer's Body. Also, I like the idea of putting two movies with candy in the title. <laughs> Same. Candyman yep. is one okay. of those movies where, like, I literally, I still to this day creeps me out. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. All right, we have got to talk about Madhouse. We <laughs> yeah, are buddy. Long, but I will not hang up this phone <laughs> without talking about Madhouse. This is your so, white look, whale. Arrow Video are being really stand-up dudes. They keep hooking us up with one. Arrow Video puts out these crazy go nuts movies that you've never heard of, and they have the best special features ever. And then on top of that, um, 
our bud at MVD Entertainment, uh, Clint, who is uh, dis- who distributes all these, uh, keeps hooking us up with them so that we can tell you guys about them. Thanks, so, man. So um, buy this Blu-ray because it looks really good. It's creepy. Um, Ryan, can you summarize the plot in, like, I don't know, a, a short, really short, a short, pithy way. thing. Um, a woman's uh, horrible twin sister goes on a murder rampage, and she has to end the rampage and also come to terms with the trauma she experienced at the hands of her terrible sister when she was a kid. Yeah, okay. and there's a fucking dog that does the shining moment where the, this <laughs> Rottweiler breaks through a door. <laughs> this movie is fucking buck wild. It is absolute <laughs> nut bars all the time. It, the, my favorite thing, also, by the way, um, so I love dogs so much. Like, I, I love animals generally, but specifically dogs. And I love any time you see, like, a scary attack dog in a horror movie because you know there's that... Um, it's like back in uh, when uh, the British Bulldogs, like the Dynamite Kid and Davy Boy Smith, mm-hmm. um, when they would, they had a, a bulldog named Matilda that they yes, would like yes, sick yes. on their opponents. And this bulldog is just the sweetest fucking dog. And is clearly just like, hey, we're having a great time with my friends. I'm going to run after them. <laughs> and, but they're like, oh, and then, but like the commentators are selling it like this dog, this dog, oh, they're mauling them. And Matilda's just like, yeah. Um, and that's in uh, Madhouse. You've got this Rottweiler sort of playing happily with people, but it's, there's like scary dog noises dubbed over it. So they're like, oh no. And it's just like, this dog is having a great time right now. And I think in one shot, maybe they put like peanut butter on his lips so he would show his canines. <laughs> yeah. So is this the um, 1981 but, Madhouse? Yes. Okay, the older it, one. It's, not the one with Natasha right, Leon. Easily, yeah, it's easily confused with lots of other movies named Madhouse, which is probably why it has languished in obscurity until Arrow did this re-release. Um, but damn it's good it's so good uh, and also i the thing is i was waiting for the twist at the end like the the treehouse of horror episode where bart has an evil twin and it turns out that bart's the evil twin like i kept waiting for that switcheroo and it never came so i'm kind of glad that didn't happen also can we talk about the score of this movie is just tones it it's is like, so cool <laughs> Oh, it's so cool. I love the soundtrack on Madhouse. It reminds me of, you know that uh, Joy Division song where it's just random, like, star wipe noises? Mm-hmm. You're going to have to be more specific. There's one of the, um, see, I'm trying to, I'm, it's the one where Ian Curtis keeps yelling, I'm not afraid anymore, and then it goes, do, 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 Insight? Is that in yeah. inside yeah, or inside inside I think yeah yeah inside yeah anyway it's just that noise to score a horror movie it is off it is off the wall weird like I and I love that occasionally you'll almost get like a disco beat because it's an Italian horror film and listen if you can't dance to horrible murder what's the <laughs> point of it um so it like kind of veers back and forth between really cagey weird dance music and yeah just weird noises and it's so good and there's so much rhyming like almost everyone in this movie is obsessed with nursery rhymes <laughs> I, need, I need to find this I know it's on Amazon I'm sure it is it's oh, you well it. worth buying speaking of, because it's nuts. Speaking of Joy Division, we just watched The Bye Bye Man. And Oh, <laughs> and oh shit. They were wearing one of the I think like the main actor or whatever is wearing a Joy Division shirt and I was just like, huh. Yeah. Okay. The unknown pleasure shirt. Although quick side note here, what did you think of the Bye Bye Man? I uh, in the beginning I was like, okay, this is actually kind of creepy. And then once he, the main character figured out what was happening and his mm-hmm. his like reaction to the whole thing, I was just like, wow, this this got over the top, but it didn't get over the top <laughs> enough for me to like, yeah, to I don't know. It was, it's two separate movies to me. Good. Yeah. Like you're, you want more actual bye bye man. Yeah. Yeah, well, not literally, because well, Jesus Christ, right. like, terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because, like, the day after we watched it, I started feeling sick, and our our light bulbs started going out in our lamps, and I was just like, oh, fuck. 
Yep. Yeah, don't think it, don't say it. And then Doug Doug Jones is going to show up in a hoodie and ask to bum a cigarette. Oh my god! <laughs> it's funny because every th- and you're going to squish a penny. Oh yeah, under right. A train track. Every yeah. time something like bad happens or like it will like drop something or run into something, Jesse will be like, "Don't think it, don't say it." Just he just like applies <laughs> it to everyday life stuff now, which is probably oh the best thing that's happened from watching that movie. But I think it's I think it's worth watching. For sure, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna be laughing about the Bye Bye Man for like the next ten years. It's the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it was something. But yeah, I'm just ready for MST3K to do that on their next season. Oh yeah, or Rift Tracks. Yeah, yeah, Rift Tracks needs to get on that one. Yeah, buddy. So, um, is Madhouse better or worse than Slaughterhouse, Ryan? I would say it is not as good as Slaughterhouse. Uh, yeah. So then, I would say, is it better than Maniac Cop Two? It is definitely better than Maniac Cop Two. But here's the thing: I think we uh, we we started with the uh, the ceiling thing because with this movie we've compared Slaughterhouse and Madhouse, and previously it was Candyman and the Devil's Candy. So oh. I feel like that's a good praxis going forward <laughs> for starting with a ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to play fucking Scrabble and figure this out. <laughs> yeah, it's it. just free association. There's no actual science to this. <laughs> yep. Love it. So I would actually think that Madhouse needs to be our new number 50 uh, between Devil's Rejects and Maniac Cop 2. Yeah, because it's definitely better than Maniac Cop 2, and it's definitely better than uh, Hounds of Love. Yeah, that movie is uncomfortable. I, which, good, you know, it's, but... it's, it's good. It, it did the thing it set out to do, but here's the thing. Somebody can be very, very talented at jamming staples into my eyeballs, and I don't care to witness their artistry on that. No, thank you. <laughs> That's fair. No. No staple in the eyeballs. Britt. Thank you so much for yeah. hanging out with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. This was this was fun. I'd like anytime you need me back and to watch a ridiculous movie, I'm game. Because oh. <laughs> What if we what, what if we did the Bye Bye Man part two and then we just talked some more about the Oh my Bye gosh. Bye Man. Yes. No. I think our like have you ever um heard of that podcast, The Worst Idea of All Time, where they just watch the same movie every week? Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> That sounds incredible, though. They watch Grown Ups 2 for, like, a year or something like that. <laughs> oh, God, that's the worst one. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll just do that with the Bye Bye Man. We'll call it, I don't know. Don't think it, don't cast it. Don't think it, don't say it. <laughs> I love it. No, the, I don't the hate Pod Pod Man. The Pod Pod Man. The Pod Pod Man. Oh, my goodness. Holy shit. Um, Which I'm, I, I feel like uh, when we did that episode, mostly what we did was just see how many times we can say the phrase "the bye bye man" <laughs> over and over again, and it never got old. To it's just, just never to just funny. prove a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I uh, understand. It's funny because we. Um, so do you, I wanted to ask you guys this question? Do you think if you were ever like in um in a situation which I hope you aren't. Like in a home invasion or something, do you think you're fight or flight? Oh, I'm flight all the way. I am, yeah. I'm getting everybody, I'm rounding everybody up and trying to get out as quickly as possible. Like, yeah. I don't know. Quincy, what about you? I used to be flight, but then one Father's Day, my wife bought me a Switchblade. She didn't mean to buy me a Switchblade. She got Jesus. online. I said, I want to pocket knife because i want you know like a dad pin knife yeah, to like right. you know you know you know i need a pat pat knife you're, you're a dad so now like, you gotta have a knife yeah so she got online and just bought the highest rated but it's like a thumb assist you know, inertia switch <laughs> incredible so like all of a sudden my outlook became this like really vi- you know like how you hear about people will buy a gun and like the power is intoxicating like i i've caught myself i had to quit carrying it around because like i i thought i would get in fights with people and like rumble with zip guns and <laughs> <laughs> listen the socias are getting fucking lippy and you've got a knife on you so 
So, to be fair, like, well, no, also, uh, one time my apartment was broken into, and my immediate reaction was to pull a prince and go, where are you, motherfucker? Where are you? And, like, slam open closet door. <laughs> Which, I, I love the way Prince delivers that line. It's like, where, where are you, motherfucker? It's like the least imposing motherfucker ever uttered on screen. Yeah, meanwhile, the 911 operator's like, get out of your house. <laughs> like, there's no reason for you to be in here. Right. Right. See, I, I say flight, but also I keep a sledgehammer by the door. Um, okay, Triple H. Because, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, because we, we got the sledgehammer because um, our old apartment was really small and we, you know, we really wanted to work out, but we didn't have a lot of space. And we found this, like, method of workout where it's, like, work out with a sledgehammer where you do different lifts with it and you do little oh. chopping motions and it, strength, you know, gets you, gets you swole. Um and then Do I just you realized, sing like, Peter Gabriel every time you work out. Constantly, I am singing Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. Not just you could while have a it. steam train if you just lay down your tracks. <laughs> I love it. You could have an airplane flying, but no, you just have. A I just yeah no no you just you just have a sledgehammer. Um yeah yeah so I, yeah I mean that's the thing about home invasion is like it, it, Christina has said like I mean because she can't do home invasion movies oh, okay and the the Christina effect is you know where you watch a movie and you're like no it's home invasion that's terrifying I have a home um, <laughs> and it's it's that thing of you watch a thing and it's you know like Quincy like watching The Devil's Candy um, you've obviously got a kid did that aspect add anything for uh, for you watching the movie that maybe it wouldn't have if you didn't have a kid like the scene where Ethan Embry is late picking her up oh because gosh. he got he got goofed up on Satan and was late picking her up. Like, that was one of the most stressful parts of the movie for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Was it bad for you? No, because I was more stressed out about that Young in the Way sticker. I was like, I listen to <laughs> Young in the Way. That's like when oh. a hair gets caught in the gate at the movie theater on the projector and it's just all you can oh stare at the whole time. The worst. Yeah. yeah. Well, I- so... I want to. Where can our listeners find you online? Oh, um, this goes back to the very beginning. Um, at Bonnaroo Brit on Twitter, and um, I don't have a Facebook. I don't. I don't do Facebook, but um, I deleted it years ago, and I didn't see a reason to go back. Um, so at Bonnaroo Brit on Twitter, and then you can follow Kick Out at Two on there, and you can also follow Southern Underground Pro, and that's at Subgraps. Sup underscore graphs. And then on Instagram, it's Brittany Slay Fernandez. Excellent. Yep. The longest Instagram name ever, but. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it, though. Yeah. Worth it. Absolutely. My middle name's K, so it makes sense to me. <laughs> so we are brought to you by lapelyed.com. Yeah, we are. Um, how do you all feel about pro wrestling enamel pins? I don't have enough of them, and I don't have enough money to buy all of them that I love. Exactly. Yeah. Brittany, I you're up... in luck, because <laughs> we have a promo code specifically for our podcast. If you use code RANKANDVILE at lapelliad.com, you will get 20% off your purchase, uh, and we get helped out for our um, hosting costs, and like when I break the pipes under my house because I think I can do home repairs like we get a, a kickback to, to help with that Nice. so get you some fashionable pins and um, help us out at the same time it's a win-win situation and it's good with the promo code because especially the Venn diagram of people with lots of disposable incomes and people who are really into indie wrestling pretty much just two circles on the opposite side of the room um I also, when I look at my life, the primary complaint I have about it is that I don't have an enamel pin of Rocky Romero, and mm-hmm. I've literally ju- uh, just ordered a Rocky Romero pin because I had the promo code. So, I'm I've been looking at that uh, glow one for a while. So. Oh yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's a good one, and uh, that Jushin Thunder uh, Liger skull is it's, super. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's about to be vest and sweater weather and jean jacket weather. Yeah, so, so, so get your, your flair out. Yeah, buddy. So, we are all over the internet. We have a <laughs> Instagram. If you're following our Instagram, you see all of the screeners when I open the mail and I take pictures of them. Uh, you see pictures of 
movies that I'm watching, a lot of gore. Our Instagram handle is at Rank and Vile. Uh, we have a Tumblr where we put gifts of gore, and we sometimes link to where you can find our list. That's rankandvile.tumblr.com. We are super active on Twitter. Uh, we have at Rank and Vilecast. Um, come join the conversation. We're always talking a lot of mess. Uh, and if you have an idea of a movie you really want us to see, if you are a filmmaker and you want us to talk about your movie, or if you'd like to advertise with us, uh, say hi at um, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Uh, we want to hear from you. Um, yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Anything well, else? this was awesome, Ryan, guys. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much for coming. It was an Absolutely. absolute delight. And, um... Real quick, when is the next Subgraps show? That is October 29th. Okay, so if you are in the Tennessee area, uh, Southern Underground Pro is the best wrestling Aww. promotion it's so good. that I've ever been to. So uh, you owe it to make a trip to Nashville and check Subgraps out. Aww. They're super We good. appreciate that. And this, uh, I was about to say episode. <laughs> this show is going to be... Um, Halloween themed, so oh, wear costumes yeah. um, and be prepared for that because we're going all out. Mm. Yep. There you go. Halloween wrestling. <laughs> uh, get to that. You didn't come here to make friends. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great week. <laughs> Bye, guys.